When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi guys, I'm Nymphia and welcome back to another watch list episode for The Scout. What a bonkers few weeks it's been. To help decipher who we should be adding to our watch list this week, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Kylie. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, Nim. How are you? It's, yeah. it's good to be good to be back. It's It's been a, a bit of upheaval recently, obviously, with the COVID cancellations and disciplinary actions. And I'm looking at you, Captain Foden, here, <laughs> yes. taking it very personally. <laughs> um, there's just so much going on. And, of course, we're, we're right into the, the Christmas period as well, which is always chaotic anyway so it's a bit of a mad mad time for us um to be to be recording but you know we'll steamroll ahead and and hopefully have some good tips for you yeah absolutely we we will forge ahead like the premier league is doing this christmas there's every possibility we may get some double double game weeks in game week 20 and 21 as the league tries to catch up with all of the games that have been postponed so far. So with all of this in mind, Kylie, what will we be attempting to cover in this video? Attempting is right because there's news dropping left, right and centre and it's sort of a scramble to keep up. But um, we'll be doing our usual, which is touching on some of our newest additions to the watch list. These are players that we're starting to consider for our teams. And now ordinarily we take a shorter term approach with this, but we are looking very long, well, not very long term, but we're looking over the course of a few weeks now because obviously where it's just a few days out from the, the next round and of course Christmas and fixtures are going to come thick and fast in that period. And then on top of that, we have these potential double game weeks that we need to be thinking about. So what we really want to do is try and take a view over all of that information um, that's coming up. And, and of course, news that has just dropped. Just um, dropped. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think I saw it about two minutes before we jumped on to record, is that the Premier League uh, or Fantasy Premier League have decided to give a second free hit to everyone um, to help them battle with the, the whole COVID postponement. So this is available from game week 20 
onwards. I'm so I'm sure there'll be lots and lots of chat about that over the the coming days. Absolutely. That's something that we're now going to have to think about in terms of chip strategy, in terms of the players that we're choosing, um, whether we need to be investing in players, you know, as a purchase decision who have double game weeks or, or whether we'll, we'll play that free hit, new free hit chips. So lots going on there, but I guess it's worth saying that we are recording on Wednesday afternoon today, just to get the jump on the crazy Christmas that's coming up and uh, lots of last minute Christmas shopping for some of us, me, definitely. Um, so all the information is correct as at this time, but usual caveat applies. We will have press conferences and lots of other information to come in the build-up to the deadline. So be sure to stay on top of that as well and factor that into any decisions that you're making too. On that note, let's get started. And the first name making it onto our watch list ahead of Christmas is Sun. He's not exactly an out there pick in terms of being differential, Kylie, is he? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) (laughs) However, lots of managers will have gotten off of him during the postponed fixtures in game week 16 and 17. Given his 10.3 million price tag, he would have been an easy sell. And he was for myself when I wanted to move on to a City midfielder. Sun is currently 16.2% owned. And despite missing two game weeks, he has still been delivering. He's had three goals and one assist in his last three games played and only looks strengthened by missing some of those postponed fixtures rather than dipping in form. As a team, Spurs look to have really capitalised from their breakaway and look great during their 2-2 draw with Liverpool. Sun was really unlucky not to have got more points in that matchup. He just looked amazing. Spurs will need the fixtures they had postponed rearranged, meaning that whenever the games get rescheduled, whether it's 20 or 21 or both of them or another time, they will have more games to play than some of the other teams in the Premier League. That means that surely we should be considering at least one of Sun or Kane for our teams. What do you think, Kylie? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I'm unfortunately one of the poor souls who invested in Kane pre-COVID cancellations and various things as opposed to Son. Um, We've got, you know, a support group that needs to happen there. (laughs) And you can imagine that that first goal at uh, the the weekend, Kane scoring was highly irritating to me and I'm sure many many others who are in that boat um I haven't actually owned Son this season every time I go to buy him something sort of seems to stand in the way but he's definitely one worthy of consideration he's obviously a sort of semi-premium option um but he just has that tendency to deliver when we need him to. So he's got a season-long XG of 4.77 and he scored seven goals. So he is outperforming that, but that's not atypical for a player of Son's caliber. What is encouraging as far as his XG is concerned is that in the last match against Liverpool, no less, um, his XG for that match was 0.71, which is more than double what his average XG over the course of the season has been per match. So that's that's pretty positive signs. And I think we can all agree it's the strongest that Tottenham have looked and whether that's because they've had more time with Conte, they've had more training, you know, any of these things could be a factor. Um, but to go up against Liverpool and and come away with, you know, that performance is, is pretty impressive. 
As far as his XA is concerned, it's 1.94. And that's about on par because although he does have three assists this season, one of those is, you know, a fantasy assist. So it's not like an opti-classified yeah. real football assist. Um, so he's a, performing about on par in that respect. And I think, as you said, Nim, given that they've got three missed fixtures, right, two due to COVID, one due to snow, um, He's performed well despite that massive disruption and we continue to see that strikers are not performing impressively at all. And then we've got AFCON around the corner if it goes ahead. And indeed, if it does go ahead, then we've got Salah, namely, missing out there. So that's a lot of cash that needs to be spent elsewhere. So I really don't think that his price tag is going to prove to be prohibitive for people in terms of investing in him. And, of course, the fixtures are the massive draw here. The next five are Crystal Palace, Southampton, Watford, Arsenal and Chelsea. Obviously, those first three are looking better than the latter two. But with Burnley, Brighton and Leicester yet to be scheduled, you know, even as far as single game weeks are concerned, they still look pretty good. You add in these doubles that have to happen at some point, right? Yeah. That is an inevitability. <laughs> what isn't inevitable is the when. But given the fact that the decision, it's either been made or they're discussing it about post, or about cancelling FA Cup replays, right? So that's actually freeing up midweeks in 21 and 22 which could potentially have matches played. So this is why you will have heard lots of conversations going on about possible doubles in 21 and 22. We've yet to see whether that eventuates, but it really does make sense for the Premier League to schedule matches in those fixtures because, of course, during the duration of this season, there's going to be more postponements due to various different things, COVID aside. Um, And so we'll get the usual doubles that we get anyway. If they leave it too late in the season, it's going to be really difficult to get all of those matches in on time. So I think with all of that in mind, you know, we absolutely have to have to think about him as as an option, um, someone who's who's really appealing because he does have the pedigree. And I think we don't want to get burnt by Spurs again, (laughs) but there's maybe some degree of reassurance as well in that they've just they're on the other side of their COVID dramas. It's not to say that more players won't get COVID, but if we look at some of the other teams that haven't really had an outbreak versus a major outbreak having happened at Tottenham and then now being at this point, maybe they're slightly safer to invest in. Yeah. That's a bit of conjecture. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Maybe it's hopeful thinking. Hopeful thinking. Yeah. So are you going to go in for him, do you think? Yeah, I think I I would like to. It might not be this week. I think I'm gonna try try my hardest to roll a transfer. I think, but uh, Sun and Ronaldo, as we'll be chatting a little bit about United later, are probably at the top of my list to get in in the in the next coming weeks. So yeah, um, let's move on to our second pick, and uh, it's more of a short term pick based on the current circumstances. And it's Simicast, our early season hero, looks set to make a Christmas return to cover Robson, who is out due to his red card. Can you believe that Simicast is now a major steal at just 3.7 million? And despite losing his place back to Robson pretty much 
as early as game week nine, I think it was, he's still 11.2% owned by FPL managers, meaning he's still warming a fair few benches out there at the moment. Whilst Liverpool don't have any doubles that we're aware of just yet, they have kept 10 clean sheets this season, making them second top behind Manchester City. Of course, Simakas has missed a fair few of these, but it's not a bad defence to invest in, especially with a player that cheap. Just be a bit wary though that there isn't quite such a solid defence when Van Dijk is missing and at the moment he has missed out against Spurs so he's something to keep an eye on there. However, as we know, Simakas comes with attacking threat. Kylie, I know it's been a little while since we had some game time from him but can you remind us of why he's such a great pick? Yeah, um, so obviously, stats-wise, we have very low numbers, and, and that's really reflective of the fact that he's only had four starts and three appearances. So obviously, this was during Robbo's injury. Yeah. Um, we did see him performing outside of Premier League as well and looking very good in those matches too. Um, his XG for the season is 0.15 and an XA of 0.85. Those aren't hugely high numbers, but in fairness to him, again, it's the minutes <laughs> thing. Yeah. I think when you look at Simicast, it's really the fact that he's passed the eye test that's quite compelling. Okay, so we saw him up near the box quite a lot, really filling in and deputizing effectively for Robbo. In fact, given that until the last few matches, Robertson's performances had been quite subpar this season. And there were a lot of calls from Liverpool fans that Simicast actually get the start over him pre this um, this ban. So, you know, he he's not a bad player to have in the mix. And certainly at 3.7, I don't think I've ever seen a player go down to 3.7. Certainly not to be revived again as an option. No. <laughs> so that's quite interesting. Um, look, he did get one assist in his time um, during the Premier League. And I think the key thing here is that because it was the ban was for violent conduct, it's a three-match ban. Yes. If it was a one-match ban for Robbo, it's just not worth it, right, to, to try and bring in Simicass. I mean, it would be great, as you said, for those who have him on the bench already. That's quite <laughs> helpful. Um, but if you're not one of those people, you really needed to get a few matches together. So three of them starts to make him look viable just to get through this next week of congestion because they don't have an alternative to him with Robbo being out. So it's super short term, but the run is Leeds, Leicester and Chelsea, right? So it's on paper a bit of a mixed bag and it might seem like a little bit of a luxury move, but if you're someone like me who has maybe a Duffy, now okay. in theory Duffy might be back, right? But, you know, he did get dropped. He then missed out because of a ban and they've had COVID, you know, postponements, various things. So I don't even remember the last time Duffy was available on my team. It's just <laughs> okay. been a dead spot. Um, but if you've got someone like that, you know, and you just want to get an alternative in, I mean, the key thing here is there's lots of people that have the Jota, Seller and Trent triple up. So he's a no-go for them. But if you had Robbo or you only had to, he could plug in there nice and cheaply um, and kind of get you through that Christmas run. And I think obviously we know that Liverpool have been a standout team attacking-wise this season. That's not unusual, but they've scored three or more goals 10 times already. So, Crazy. I mean, we we had that run where they were just scoring four goals yeah. every match. Um, so 
when you compare that then with the defensive form of the teams that he will be playing, I mean, the Leeds match, obviously Leeds are in a particularly difficult run at the moment. Mm. Over the last four matches, they've shipped 16 goals, which is comfortably the worst defence in that metric over that yes. period. <laughs> um, Leicester obviously haven't been that impressive this season defensively. Um, and Chelsea... Well, they started very strongly. They're not currently proving to be such a stern test. And, in fact, Leicester and Chelsea are sort of in the bottom half of the table for goals conceded, both with six over that four-week period. There's a big difference between Leeds and the two of them, but they're still not looking that strong. So I think it's not too stern a test, and there's potential there to get an attacking return. He is quite a differential, and, you know, for those who really need to plug a gap, and can get him is a nice option for this period. Would you be considering him or are you on the triple up? I'm already on the triple up. So I don't think uh, I'll be squeezing him in, but I definitely think if I didn't have three Liverpool or that I was wanting to look on moving, say, somebody like Livermento out who has yeah. fallen off of a cliff mm-hmm. recently. Zero um, point holes every week. Uh, yes, <laughs> exactly. I think that uh, then Simicast is somebody who you could consider. Obviously, at the moment, having a playing bench is very helpful under the circumstances. You know that you can be guaranteed, well, hopefully you can be guaranteed the next three game weeks out of Simicast. But uh, then it's whether or not you're going to be in a situation where you can move him on or you're happy enough to continue letting him warm your bench. But with all of these games as tightly packed as they are, if Simakas comes back and absolutely smashes it out of the park with Robson away, that could result in some rotation and allow Klopp to consider whether or not he wants to you know, play him more often and then he becomes an option again at a very cheap price. Okay, so let's move on then to our third pick. Yeah, and this one comes from a club that has great fixtures. They have two fixtures to be rescheduled, meaning they could get the elusive double-double and it's looking more and more likely and that pick is David De Gea. Before United's fixture got postponed, they were looking better defensively, bagging two clean sheets in a row against Crystal Palace and Norwich. That brought United's clean sheets to four for the season. Not massively impressive, but I know it's an area that Ralph has wanted to improve and it looks as if he was starting to achieve that before all of the disruption there at United. The United goalkeeper is 5.1 million and at the moment is a real differential at just 7.8% owned. He's made 53 saves this season and currently sits on 66 points, placing him 7th top 4 goalkeepers. Not brilliant, but you'd like to think with the fixtures ahead that he can improve on that. De Gea is the emphasis of a watch list player, along with United Defence, aren't they Kylie? Because the potential with them, given the up and coming fixtures, and improvement in form before their postponement is massive, right? Yeah, I mean, we're really looking at potentially two completely different, um, you know, teams, right? Uh, not insofar as personnel, but insofar as performance, because they massively underperformed um, under Ole this season and kind of progressively got worse and worse before his dismissal. Um, as you alluded to, four clean sheets, not amazing, uh, but two of them. Since Ralph's taken over, they have looked better. I mean, 
one scary stat is that 24 goals conceded, right? This this season is is pretty diabolical for a team of United's calibre. Yep. But I do think that with the combination of fixtures coming up, and we'll run through those in a second, you can maybe start to feel a little bit more optimistic. 5.1 as well for the likes of De Gea isn't a steep ask. Um, he did get 10 points against Norwich as well. So I think he made five saves there and um, he must have got the bonus in the end as well. And as you mentioned, he's got 53 saves so far this season. I think that's about sixth or seventh overall, but it is on par with Ramsdale. So Ramsdale's obviously a highly owned, very popular pick. Yeah. And if you wanted to move away, De Gea certainly has the fixtures to be a really good option. And I think one of the other things to consider is that with a a goalkeeper it's really not a position that you want to be chopping and changing too much this season right it's kind of a long-term transfer that you're making yeah. so with him it is really good that he not only has that combination of good fixtures in the short term but they do extend for a good run and then on top of that there's the potential for these double doubles so his run currently includes Burnley, Wolves, Aston Villa, West Ham, Burnley again Southampton, Leeds, Watford, plus postponed fixtures against Brentford and Brighton waiting in the wings. So there's plenty of clean sheet potential in that if they can actually continue to perform. And I think another thing worth noting as well, obviously they've had these games postponed due to COVID. So there's some degree of reticence about, you know, who is and isn't fit, who does and doesn't have COVID. We did see that training pictures were released um, yesterday. It is noted that De Gea, amongst many others, was seen at Carrington, which is great. We didn't see Diogo Dello, who is uh, was someone who was proving to be quite yeah. popular, gaining a bit of momentum just before the postponement um, as he, he started to get some regular minutes. So... I would keep an eye on that. Ronaldo was another one who wasn't there, but apparently he's showed up today. So you'll be happy to know, um, (laughs) given that you're looking at him. Um, So keep an eye on that news because that's a constantly changing thing. But I think the fact that De Gea has been seen in training, give him the thumbs up. You really don't want to be bringing in a keeper and then having to change him again with all of that uncertainty. So I think even though I'm personally quite happy with Ramsdale at the moment, it does feel like everybody has has Ramsdale. Um, <laughs> and so I think there could be a case for going for De Gea. Yeah, I actually have both at the moment. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so a really unfortunate set of circumstances with my goalkeepers has led me to a point where somehow I've ended up with both De Gea and Ramsdale. So <laughs> I just literally every week um, I lost Sanchez, then I lost Raya, then I went back to Sanchez again, who I lost, then I went to on to Gaeta, who missed out, so <laughs> then went on to De Gea, and yeah, and then in a situation where I went for Ramsdale last week, so I actually have them both, which in a way, seeing these nice fixtures now for United, and like just with the potential for United assets at the moment I'm feeling quite good about it because it means that even though I am going to have to use an extra transfer to move Ramsdale on uh, it does allow me to 
you know, do that when I'm ready to, rather than kind of then needing to try and find a way or find money yeah. to to put into uh, De Gea. So, yeah. Okay, it's that time of the episode where we're going to take a quick look at the Fancy Football Scout watch list ahead of the coming gay weeks, which you can find on the first page of the website. It covers all of the positions and takes into account current form, favourable fixtures and so on. What's standing out for you on this week's scout watch list, Kylie? I think Ronaldo there in top spot on the forwards list is an interesting one um, because only a few hours ago I had very deep concerns that, uh, as I mentioned earlier in in this episode, that he wasn't seen at training yesterday. Um, So I was thinking, okay, that's him out of the running And obviously he was positioned there based on fixtures, but now it looks like he has been seen again. So it's completely warranted. And I think anyone that can kind of swing back to Ronaldo is going to want to, because let's be honest, the strikers are so unappealing at the moment. We've been saying it for weeks and it just continues to be more and more true. Um, I did get rid of Ronaldo uh, when their, their match was, was canceled. So um, you know, I'm going to have to try and figure out how to get him back now. Same. But he's he's basically the only one that stands out there. Um, and another point that's worth noting, and, and this is from the goalkeeper chart, which isn't on screen as goalkeepers are less exciting. Um, but Jose Sarr from Wolves has, so he's moved a bit up on the goalkeeper list, and I think that's absolutely warranted. Statistically, Wolves have been really impressive in recent weeks from a defensive perspective while very underwhelming from an attacking perspective. Um, he just continues to to tick away and he made, I think it was eight saves against Liverpool and only conceded one goal. You know, then he's got clean sheets in, in subsequent weeks. So he's a kind of under the radar keeper option. Now they've not missed out on fixtures. So the lack of appeal there is, you know, obviously without having doubles uh, compared to say a De Gea. But I think he does look a really stable option for anybody who might have him over this period, assuming that there's no outbreak at Wolves. Yes. I hope I haven't <laughs> cursed them. Hmm. <laughs> and it's also interesting as well that, that James hasn't actually dropped further down the, the list. Um, obviously, Cancelo and Trent up there at the top continue to be incredibly impressive week in, week out. And James, who had been so strong, falling all over the place yeah. <laughs> has had some, you know, he did well last game week when we, we needed him to. So thank you for that race. Uh, <laughs> but previous to that with Chelsea's defense, not looking as rock solid and him not getting the attacking returns, it, you know, he's, he's been a little bit under par for his price in that time. And I think we're seeing a lot of people start to move away from that double Chelsea defense that they had before. Yeah especially as they're going to miss out with some blank game weeks in the coming weeks too. So yeah, that is a surprise. I was pretty shocked to not see him drop down as well. All right, time for our watch list picks for Christmas. Then Kylie and my pick this week is going to be the cheap Southampton forward Brozier. I was going to go Martinelli of Arsenal with his three goals and one assist in three games. Just 4.5% owned and 5.3 million. But there's still a tiny doubt and it is just a tiny doubt at the moment that the Norwich fixture might be postponed. I still think he's a worthy pick for your watch list though. Although... Arsenal don't have any double game weeks at the moment and they do have some tougher fixtures 
after Norwich, so that's why I've plumped for Brozier as my pick. I've gone with him as Saints seem to be one of the teams least likely to miss out on Boxing Day at the moment. And whilst he's unlikely to get a double-double game week, he could get at least one with some tasty fixtures including Wolves and Brentford. Brozier has made 13 appearances in the Premier League this season and has started six including four of the last five. In his 616 minutes played he's had 11 shots on target that's more than Bruno, Gundogan, Lacazette, Mopai, Jimenez, Ings and Rashford. (laughs) Can you believe it? Of those 11 shots he's converted four into goals. His XG is 2.41 and his XA is 0.09 meaning he's more likely to get you a goal than he is to get you an assist however you can't complain with that at just 5.1 million who is only 3.8 owned at the moment so a nice little differential he's nailed to start with Long being the only other fit striker with Adams and Armstrong both being an unknown return date on the website that is why he's on my watch list anyway Kylie are you considering Southampton man at all and who is making your watch list pick ahead of Christmas and why so yeah, I think Brozier has been really effective when he's played uh, for Southampton and, and particularly at that price point. I mean, 5.1, really beyond that, you've got Gellhardt who may or may not play um, and no other active strikers that are that are playing. So if you're going for the spend less up front and spread the money further back strategy, he is a good option. He's cheaper than the Watford boys. And I think the biggest negative for him during the last period was the fact that you know, there was some doubt of his minutes due to Southampton having numerous strikers available. Yeah. Obviously, them being injured really elevates him as a kind of sturdy pick for your team over the next period. So I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with with going for him at the moment, particularly people are going to start to be wondering maybe a bit about Dennis and AFCON. You know, he was put on a preliminary list for them. Uh, now, whether he actually makes the cut, We've yet to see. I'm but hoping if he, not. Yeah, <laughs> I think my team. collective powers of everyone is hoping he's not. Um, but if he does, then someone like Broja could be an able substitution. Or if you're someone who has any other injuries or COVID problems up front, you know, he could slot in for, for the time being and he's done really well. So I don't see any issues with that. And he may yet come into my team as well. Um <laughs> As for my pick, I've gone with none other than Zaha. So he's a bit of a forgotten man recently. Um, Obviously, he's been massively overlooked due to the continuing form of Conor Gallagher, and and that's really hard to argue with because Mm -hmm. obviously Conor was cheaper and he's done really well. Um, But he's at 25.2% ownership and Zaha is at 5.7% ownership. So that's really one of the things that swings in his favour is that great differential potential that he has over the festive period. He is typically a 90-minute man. There have been a couple of matches, you know, he's missed out on a match. He's come off the bench for another. I believe that was due to injury. But for the last good period, he's played 90 minutes and Really, when you're making selections, forget COVID for the moment, right? Because we can't account for that. But when you're making selections over the Christmas period, really what you want to be seeing is those people who are pretty steady options and are most likely, barring injury or COVID, going to start for you. And I think he represents that. 
He has fixtures against Norwich in game week 20 and 24 look particularly appealing. Um, although the mix, the the run around that is a little bit mixed. So that's something to to factor in. Um, they've also got a great fixture against Watford that needs to be rescheduled. So as we know, Watford love to score goals and they love to concede even yes. more of them. So <laughs> They are officially our favourite team to play against at the moment. So I think with that kind of a, a double a double on the horizon that would feature Watford, that starts to look really appealing as well. Um, interestingly, he has overperformed his XG a bit, 3.54 to 5 goals, and he's definitely underperformed on the assist front because he's got an XA of 2.94 with just one assist. The five goals and one assist isn't absolutely stellar. It's less impressive than Gallagher. But I still think at a time when we're really struggling to find quite stable differentials because players are are dropping out of the options list quite Mm -hmm. swiftly, I think that he could be someone who could tick away quite well. And if he gets a bit of a rhythm going, I, I think he could do well. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And he is one to add to the watch list, I think, when you know we have other players that potentially blank in coming game weeks and, and doubling in coming game weeks. He could just be a way to you know, pad out your team, as you say, yeah. and just be a consistent player during all of that. Well, that's it. Best of luck over Christmas, you guys. Don't forget to set yourselves some alarms for the deadlines and it's likely best to leave your transfers until the day of the deadlines, given the current situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I And I would stress leaving it as late in the day as, as possible. That's really difficult for any viewers who are watching from Australia or other far-flung places where you really get stuck with the uh, the time difference there. But um, we have seen them cut it quite fine on the, uh, the cancellations, though we do know that the Premier League is very keen for games to go ahead. So hopefully it won't be a problem for you. Anyway, in the meantime, leave us a comment below with players that you're adding to your watch list. We're really keen to see that. And please, of course, like and subscribe if you've enjoyed the show. You can find a link to mine and Nim's content below. And so until next time, take care. Have a great and safe Christmas. And we'll be back in the new year with more watch list picks for you.